Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I have a great guest with us today to really start keeping your head thinking about all options that are out there for your children, and there are many. I'm excited to welcome Reverend Joanne Angel Barry Pallone, and she's here to tell us a lot about spiritual awareness in your children. But first, let me tell you who she is. She has 30 years in the health, fitness, and wellness industry. She is the owner of Holistic Fitness in Queens, New York, Certified holistic personal trainer, intuitive healer, cosmic energy reader, medical astrologer, master of numerology, and the creator of Chakra Balance Numerology Cosmic Energy Forecast Deck. Host of the Joanne's Healing Within TV show, which I've seen and is awesome, and Joanne's Cosmic Energy Radio Show, and author publisher of several books, to name a few, Healing Within Meditation, The Power to Release Weight, and healing with numbers. Joanne's mission and purpose is to help women, men by referral, release issues from their tissues as they release emotional weight and fall in love with themselves while witnessing them transform into the best version of who they are. Joanne has helped, educated, and healed over 20,000 people transforming their minds, bodies, and spirit with movement, nutrition, and meditation. And that is a full load of bio for this amazing woman. And I'm excited to have her here today with us. So welcome, Joanne. Good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here, especially for the topic we are going to be chatting about today. It's very important because it affects our children greatly. And a lot of times it affects them in a very negative way. If Parents are not aware of all aspects of what could be affecting your children for the positive and for the negative. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. First question I want to ask you is how many children are spiritually gifted yet misdiagnosed with a mental health issue? That's a really good question. And after doing a whole lot of research, it's really it blew my mind to know that they there is not a specific percentage, a specific number that they are willing to, I guess, write on paper to, to like sit there and say, well, there's 30% of the population. There is no specific number per se in regards to what percentage of children are gifted versus what percentage of them have mental health 
concerns. Very often, children are being misdiagnosed right and left because of the social pressures and school pressures and the whole thing with teachers having to teach to the test. And because of that, they want a child who's just sitting there and listening. So if your child has a little extra energy, as children do, and it's causing them to direct a little more attention towards a specific child, instead of, you know, in the old days, we would give them an extra attention. You know, that was, it was a more creative classroom, not anymore. So now it's like, if your child is a more creative, more energy child, they want to slam them with some kind of label, ADD, ADHD. Let me tell you, all kids have a lot of energy. So they fall into that category anyway. And they want to unfortunately put them on medications. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah. Well, when we speak about medication for any mental health issue, from my point of view, I don't think it's the best route to go, especially if you're working with a child who may be spiritually gifted. Now, let's let's start off with asking and, and defining what is spiritually gifted. And from from my perspective, from my own personal experience of working with some children who are spiritually gifted, who've been diagnosed with a mental health issue, a spiritual gifted child is someone that has the ability to tap into what we call connection with spirit, where if they are sitting in a room with a bunch of other children, or even adults for that matter, they pick up energy. Now, besides their own energy, where they're very um, hyper, we use the word hyper, they're picking up other energies and they're not sure how to use these energies. So of course it's gonna show up as hyperactiveness. So when we, when we think about a child who's spiritually gifted, they may very well be hearing voices in their head and not able to articulate what they're actually hearing. Whereas if, if a child comes over to an adult and say, well, I'm hearing such and such in my head, right away it's like, uh, that's your imagination, go sit down, and go keep yourself busy. And they, they, it, the child gets turned away from that, whereas in fact, the child, child doesn't know what to do with that. So because the child continues to hear this in their head, it concerns them and that makes them anxious. So therefore, if you're constantly going back to your parents or your teacher and you're, you're expressing this right away, the parents or the teacher, or both for that matter, it will become concerning. And then they, of course, take it to, maybe they'll take it a step further and have their child evaluated to find out what's actually going on. And when you're talking about evaluation, then you're talking about going to see a either psychologist or a psychotherapist where we're involving doctors. And unless you're actually going to someone that's gonna understand what your child is actually speaking about when they say, I hear voices in my head, or, wow, I have, like children do, my, my imaginary friend is sitting here. Meanwhile, that child can very well see that imaginary friend where we may not be able to because not only can they hear things, but maybe they're able to see it as well. And it exactly. becomes very confusing for a child when the child's expressing what they're actually seeing, feeling, or hearing, and the adult is not understanding 
So when they when the adult takes them to get tested, so to speak, the medical industry right away is like, well, let's give them something to sort of calm them down so this doesn't um, upset them or interrupt their day. Exactly. And when you think about medication for anybody, nevertheless children, but anybody, anytime we're going to give somebody medicine to calm them down, it's either going to do one or two things. It's going to calm them down to to the point where they don't do anything. They're just sitting and they're sort of numb. Or it does the reverse for our intuitive little beings. It makes the voices in their head even louder. Even louder. So now here it is. You just turn up the volume on this little child that's been telling you they're hearing voices, and now those voices become more intensified. So rather than helping the child, you now made that problem even more problematic for them. And it's 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 been evident in society that that children that are five years and younger are have an innate ability to connect to like past previous lives as well. Yes. There are many, you know, examples of children being able to like relate. They'll they'll say things like, well, you know, when I was with my other family, blah, 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 you know, and they'll start with that because they remember in a past life when they were with their other family. And you know, there is this intuitiveness that children have. And they know it's like, you know, when people call me the baby whisperer and I connect so well to children because we connect because kids that know people that don't want to be around children, kids don't like those people. They know. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you take a baby, you know, three-year-old child who happens to be sitting in their carriage and they're staring at something in the air, we look and we don't see anything. Unless, of course, we're intuitive, then we might very well be able to see what they're seeing. But most of the time, we don't. And we just think they're just staring staring in the air. But they could be laughing. They could be, you know, fuddling with their hands. And that's because they are actually seeing a spirit. And because this is something that, at least back in our days, It was frowned upon. Nowadays, especially as long as I have a say in it, we're going to help children be able to recognize this and possibly be more open to saying, well, you know what? There's a spirit in front of me and I see them. And this way here, they can be taken seriously as opposed to, oh, well, that's just in your head, just your imagination. Go back and play. It's and the then, old, you know, when children go, I see a monster. It's it's very possible they see one. And it's and I think it's so foreign to adults because they have a lot of adults, most of adults, I think, have lost that intuition, that oh, yeah. spiritual connection, that it's so far fetched. I'm sure there are people that are gonna listen to this and thinking, No way, this is this <laughs> exactly. is a bunch of hogwash. Exactly. And and that is true because again, I mean, when we think about it, I mean, going back, I mean, we can go back to the 1800s. We can go back even further than that if we wanted to, but we all have the ability to tap into the the spiritual realm and have that communication 
And yes, children are more sensitive to it because they're sensitive because they're so innocent. And because they're so innocent, they're just open to what shows up. But then you take a child that's past the age of, let's say, three or five, and now you have a child that might be 11, 12, 13, moving into their uh, adolescent uh, puberty stages of life. And now it's like, on top of all that, in addition to, now you have this child that's acting out. And the big question is, why is the child acting out? The child may not necessarily be acting out because they're necessarily a bad child or overactive. They might be acting out because they have all this information coming in that they don't know what to do with it. And because they are being told to either go quiet down, or it's only your imagination, or even worse, they're just not saying it at all because they don't want to be, they don't want their friends, they don't want their friends to think they're weird. They don't want their parents to judge them in any kind of way. So they just shut it down altogether. And here it is, you have all this energy going on in their mind. And it's like, well, how else does it come out other than perhaps being overactive, overstimulated, you know, all over the place. Rebellious. Yeah, exactly. 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 You know? Which is why it's so important. And I teach parents how to, you know, raise your children so that they're a part of it all. So they feel included. They feel empowered. They're all different ways so that they're respected and trusted. And they know that they have value and worth because that allows them to be expressive and allows them to feel and, and know that their feelings are true and there are not people that are judging, criticizing, and being like, don't cry, don't do this, don't do that, uh, that just, you know, causes all that retaliation and that rebellion, because you would rebel too, if you were, sure. if you were treated that way. Sure. In fact, I'm actually working with a child right now who just turned 13, and um, she's been very rebellious, in fact, to the point where she, like, hits her mother. And it's, it's working with the mothers, working with the child to get a better understanding to what's actually going on with the child that's causing the child to be that um, angry and rebellious to the mother. But th these are things that will come up when the child themselves don't know how to articulate what it is you're actually feeling, seeing, or experiencing. It gets them angry. And it has to come out one way or another. So it's like, okay, so if that's showing up in the child, what can we do besides punishment? Because punishment is only going to make it worse, not better. Exactly. Exactly. And you need to evaluate not just what's going on with the child, what's going on with you. Yes. What, what are you doing as a parent to make that child want to hit you? Exactly. No, you have to. You have to, as a parent, also take responsibility. Yeah, it's, it's ownership on both ends because, again, exactly. as I like to as, as I like to refer to it as, is we all get triggered, and we don't know what triggers the other person. So, if there's something that is is taking place in the household, and you start to recognize the child's acting this way based on something you've just done, then there's a good indication that you triggered something in the child that created the child to get overly upset and rather than going to the to the space of punishment or taking something away it's like well let's get a better understanding to why why is this taking place yes like i always say talk to your child ask your child questions 
and be a good listener. The person that's a good listener is a good communicator. So be a good listener, listen to what they have to say, believe them, trust them, don't judge them, don't criticize them, actually sit and listen to what your child has to say and please believe them. You know, so many parents will be like, well, they're, they're always lying. And if you're always going to tell your child that they're always lying, they're, they're going to go and start lying. Because sure. why bother exactly. telling the truth? Exactly. And, and, and when you think about it, it's like, okay, so if a child's lying, where did the child learn to lie? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's, come back, let's come back, you know, to self again. I mean, if your child is lying, where did your child pick this up from that you feel they're lying? They picked it up from someplace. Well, and very often it's the punishment too. Yes. Children, especially young children, when they start lying, they lie because they're afraid of the repercussions. Yes, of, of course. Of the truth. And, um, and, and back down into either y- even younger childhood, you know, when we play with our children, we make up scenarios. We play, we play dolls. We tell stories. All of that is telling imaginary stories. Exactly. At a very young age, they don't know what the difference is between telling an imaginary story that is a story or telling one that is actually a lie. Exactly. Exactly. And it's up to you parents to to differentiate. Exactly. And then you take a child that's that's gifted, spiritually gifted with all of this included. Their imagination can go much further than what's actually being, you know, what's actually out there you know, that the parent and the child are actually doing because of their spiritual, uh, uh, um, spiritual gift, we'll call it. Exactly. And, you know, and, and then that also makes parents because they are people that doubt the spiritual world, that doubt that their child could be experiencing this. And that leads them to calling them a liar when they're actually lying because you simply don't understand where they're coming from. Exactly. Like when you see a child sitting there talking to themselves, I mean, and it's really funny because I mean, I'm 51 years old and I talk to myself all the time. And I, I remind my, my family, my, uh, my, my daughter, my dad, my husband, I remind them all the time. I says, when you see me, quote unquote, talking to myself, I'm actually speaking to spirit. I'm not speaking to myself. I'm having a conversation with spirit for some guidance. And I think if we all can get to that understanding that even, even someone who's not, who isn't aware that they're spiritually intuitive, none of us are talking to ourselves. We're all right. talking to another realm that is definitely paying attention. It's just the difference between me or and somebody who's not aware that they are intuitive. I pay attention to the response. Somebody else might just be talking and not paying attention to the response. And isn't that the same as praying? You know, yes. there are all kinds of people that pray and say, I heard God speak to me. Exactly. And there are isn't all kinds it? of people that are like, God doesn't speak. You know, it's all. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. To sit here and say that God doesn't speak, but yet if you look around us, it's like, hmm, that's a matter of opinion. Yeah, he's speaking in many ways. <laughs> yeah, more than we more than, more than we can even imagine him speaking. I mean, if we really paid attention 
to the things we actually do say, whether we say them out loud or just to ourselves. And then we start looking around to see what's going on. We'd be pleasantly surprised, or maybe not pleasantly surprised, but surprised to know that, wait a minute, I was just thinking about this and it showed, like, how did that happen? Exactly. Well, they because, believe Facebook does it. They should believe there's something spiritual acting exactly, in the same way. Exactly. There's something of a higher realm that is paying attention to what it is we are saying, whether we're saying it out loud or to ourselves, same as our children. And there it goes. Exactly. So as a spiritual expert and, and coach and trainer, what advice would you tell a parent who is curious about how to kind of discover that spiritual connection that their child has instead of, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't doubt it. Maybe I should dive deeper. What advice do you have for them? The first piece of advice that's showing up is encourage your child to keep a notebook and a pen next to them and write down anything that shows up. So any thought that might show up, anything they're seeing that might that they're actually seeing, anything they're feeling, whatever they're seeing in their dreams, write it down. And once they write it down, it may not make any sense at the moment that they're writing it, but as long as you're giving them permission to write it, it gives them the opportunity to go back and look at it and recognize that they're, they're, A, the parent is recognized that there's something. And then that child will be, feel more comfortable having the conversation with their parent to say, well, this is what I heard, or this is what I saw, or this is you know what I saw in my dreams. And then they can explore it together. Now, other easy ways to determine whether or, whether or not your child is intuitive is in regards to how much time they like to spend with themselves. And what I mean by that, there's this term called empath, empathic, someone who is very sensitive to energy where they like to spend a lot of time with themselves because it's easier to be with, with less people than when they're around a, around a lot of people. Now, if your child is, I'll use this term, complaining or stressing to you that they are constantly anxious, whether they're anxious in school or they're hanging out with friends and they come home and they're really anxious, that could be an indication that they might be an empath and they're very sensitive to energy. If that is the case, again, it's just one of those things where invite them to go outside into nature alone. You, you could take a walk with them, but put them out into nature because nature will help to calm them down. But yes, also it will ground aware. them. Yes, being aware that if they are around a lot of people and then they come back in, you know, to, the, to their home and they, they are anxious, that could be a sign that, okay, there might be some intuitiveness going on here. If they, if they tend to want to be by themselves a lot, they're protecting their own energy. They don't want to be around a lot of people. That's another sign that they could be very intuitive as well. You know, and these are just simple things to take notice of. And also if your child experiences a lot of headaches, because that's another, uh, as we're intuitive, our third eye and crown chakra are opening. And that gives us the ability to channel energy. And when as a child, when your third eye and crown is open and channeling energy and you really don't know what to do with it, it's going to create a lot of discomfort in the headache. 
migraines, headaches, eye aches. So those things, for example, you know, if your child's constantly talking about how they have headaches, doesn't necessarily mean that they're spending way too much time in front of their computer or, or, or their toy or their game. It could very well be that there's something to think, there's something to look into and not necessarily in reference like, well, if you got a headache, take an aspirin. I think that's all great advice. Uh, and yeah. I love the starting out with the journaling because I, I always help people to realize how valuable journaling is. And when you get your child started, even just writing down an experience, a thought, an episode, it gets them in the habit of writing more and more. And journaling is just such a therapeutic way to take you through life. Yes. And, and in addition to journaling, I mean, if they were to do it on a regular basis, even if it means once a week, before you know it, if they continued over time, they could have a beautiful book. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I just did. I was just talking at a live that I did today about um, the three things you should do in the morning and, and speaking gratitude, what you're grateful for. And I am affirmation. Wouldn't it be awesome if those three things are just great to start out with in a journal that you and your children can do together. And it's so empowering. It's such a great way to be positive, get rid of the negative. And the fact that you're giving your child permission to do this gives them permission to see this as a good thing. You know, oh, this yes, is definitely. not a bad thing. This is not something they should hide or be afraid of. No, this is a gift. And that's why it's called just that. It's a spiritual gift, which gives every one of us an opportunity to connect on a higher level and connect with a different realm where we gain wisdom and knowledge to all the things we're looking to have that wisdom and knowledge about. And I think that's so important. And people that meditate, find that connection, the mindfulness that you can help your child with. There's so many things you can do for, for mindfulness so that they're aware, you know, even down to eating food slower and tasting it and talking about the textures and things like that. There's so much you can do for your child to give them that peace and that calm that, you know, we all need as we grow up instead of all the aggravation, the labeling, the, oh, yes. you know, the medications that don't even that's all for a whole nother yeah, yeah, that, that's life. another show yes yeah that's Something a whole nother show like to, uh, bring to the attention as well for parents for children as well for those who for the children who may be sensitive which is i think is a fun thing to do have them go out into nature and find two rocks um small rocks that they can actually hold in their hand and also stick in their pocket and anytime they find themselves feeling anxious or annoyed or frustrated or anything of the above, they can take the rocks out of their pocket and hold it in their hand and redirect their thought. Because again, when we think about rocks, it's nature. And it's a really great grounding tool. Exactly. That, again, it brings us back to grounding our energy because sometimes when we do get anxious or, or upset or in that space of, of, of depression, it's because our mind has shifted and we have a lot of energy around us. So the greatest way to ground is two rocks. And if they want to, if they want to get creative with it, they can go out and get some paint and paint them up. Paint them. Right. Right. Yeah. 
You can have you can have everyone in the family find the two rocks that they find on the ground and paint them and keep them in their pockets and uh yeah, they can even go one further and, and, and get thin paintbrushes and write an affirmation. They can write an I am, they can write good, they can write peace, they can write happy, whatever it is they want. And every time they take it out of their pocket, they can actually recite the word as they hold it in their hand. And that alone is going to shift their energy, bring them back down to earth. Because again, when we think about our spiritual beings, our little ones, and they are in the spiritual gift and not really sure how to work with it, they're more in their <coughs> third eye and crown chakra, which is six and seven chakra. And that means that they're floating and we want to get them back down to earth. So that's why it's really important to get them grounded and, and keeping them more here as opposed to constantly being in that six, seven chakra. Absolutely. And what a great gift to give someone, you know, they want to find gifts. They want to make them themselves. Go find a friend, some rocks and paint them with a special message for them to use. You go even buy a bag of river rocks that you can give to, you can't collect them. Maybe you don't yeah. live in an area where there are a lot and those are great for painting. Yes. I love yes. all these ideas. I, I love them, love them, love them. And the, the important thing is not to automatically dismiss your child's thoughts, emotions, statements, you know, that they, they see someone, they're talking to an imaginary friend. Don't just dismiss it as, oh, there they go again. Or, you know, they're always talking about different things. And, and you know, I don't even know. It's just, you know, a bunch of mishmash and and really think about it because there could be and probably is something very real going on there and very special very special i want to stress how special it is to be spiritually gifted because it is special and we all have it we all are spiritually gifted it's just that we're not all tapping into the energy and i do believe with the help of the pandemic that there are going to be more and more children even adults for that matter that are starting to feel something different about themselves and not quite sure what it is. So I think this was a really great time to bring, you know, to have this this video, this show today talking about children, but also for adults too, where there's gonna be so many people trying to figure out, well, like, well, why is it I'm suddenly feeling or seeing or hearing all this around me? What is this about? I mean, we talk about children being anxious. I mean, parents are anxious. Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. if you have anxious parents and your child is spiritually gifted, they're going to pick up your energy as well. So maybe there's something you both have in common going on at that very moment that this could be very helpful for everybody involved. Exactly. And, and you know, your children absolutely feel everything you're feeling. Yes. They, they feel it all. So if you're stressed and you're, you're in kind of a chaos, they're going to be stressed and in a chaos. So it is really important to recognize these things. And in this day and age of technology, there's all kinds of energy out there. Oh, yes. That keep that adults, that kids absorb and feel. So it's really important to start learning more and becoming aware of what is the spiritual energy that you can connect to, that your children can connect to. 
that your children's actually connecting to as we speak. Because I truly believe every child, you know, up until a certain age, uh, maybe we'll say 18, 19, where they start to shut it down because either they're not, they don't understand it, they, they, they're not aware of it, so it gets shut down. But the younger ones, they're, they're all very much open to this energy and definitely can use some support in reference to parents just being open to say, okay, so is this you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And be open and let them express themselves. And use the tips of, you know, journaling and writing it down if they're able to write. And if not, you can have a child look through magazines, find pictures. They can make a collage of their feelings, you know, look through what, what are they connecting to? What do they see, you know, and let them pick out things and tell stories through pictures if they're too young to write. Exactly. So there, there is a lot of great ideas and great information and I'm so glad you brought this to the attention of our listeners. Um, Joanne, can you please tell people that are listening how they can reach out and connect to you? Sure. The best way is through email, which is healingwithin76 at gmail.com. It's the best and easiest way. Uh, when you do leave me the email, just put in the uh, memo what your email is in regards to. And within a matter of 24 to 48 hours later, I will definitely respond back. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, in the meantime, are, is, uh, are your books, I know you mentioned books, are they available on Amazon or are they through your website or how can yes. someone oh, yes. find all out more books, about your books? Yes, all my books are available on Amazon. My newest book, which I actually have here, which is Healing with Numbers. And it's an easy read so children can read it too, which is available on Amazon. And it, it actually helps us helps the reader understand how numbers can actually speak to us as well. And we can get many, many messages from different numbers as well. So when numbers are popping in for a child, be curious to know what that number might actually mean for them. It's wonderful. We're, we're so connected. We're all connected to the earth and people just don't realize how, you know, how everything is connected in in this physical world and in the spiritual world so oh, yeah. i i appreciate everything you've offered the parents if there's any last tip that you would like to give to the parents about any of this one last thing you'd like to tell them please do yes just pay attention to your child if you happen to see that they are talking to themselves be inquisitive you know find out what's going on if you happen to see that your child is what you might call withdrawn, pay attention. And again, have them keep a journal and you'd be really surprised in what you'll learn from your child that they may not necessarily be withdrawn. They may just very well be connecting with some spiritual wisdom. I love it. That's a great piece of advice. Well, Joanne, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And for all of you listeners, Remember, reach out, connect, really be aware and tune into your children. They have so much to tell and there's so much that we can learn from them. They're always learning from us, but if you tune into them, you can really start learning a lot from your child. That is so but, true. <laughs> yes. And if you need me, reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. And in the meantime, guys, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. 
laugh more, you know, it really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here on the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.